0: Today's episode of the Danesee Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. We're also brought to you by Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig. Much like a premium espresso machine, but it makes cocktails instead. Drinkworks pods are made with premium spirits, real ingredients, and natural flavors. They've got gin and tonics, old fashions, margaritas. The latter is my favorite way to spend an afternoon watching football. I guess I'm not on the clock, technically. Uh, there are over two dozen different drinks to choose from, so there's literally something for everyone. DK, what's your, what's your drink of choice if you were not working on Sunday afternoons? Mm, I like the Manhattan. That sounds good. Mm. Wow. The drink maker creates bar-quality cocktails freshly made at the push of a button. The only way to get this amazing drink maker at half price plus free shipping, go to drinkworks.com and use our promo code RINGERNFL that is R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L at checkout to save $200 and get free shipping. Do not wait, this amazing offer will not last and it is only for our listeners that is drinkworks.com and use our promo code RINGERNFL R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L at checkout and remember, please enjoy responsibly. DrinkWorks Home Bar is currently available in California, New York, Florida, Missouri, Pennsylvania, and Illinois, with more states available for pre-sale today at DrinkWorks.com. Podcast on the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined as always by my co host and my co Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK?
1: I'm doing really well, unlike very many NFL players this week. We got an injury apocalypse going on right now in fantasy football. And so, yeah, it's kind of depressing midway through the fantasy playoffs. We got a bunch of guys that are potentially not going to be able to play this week. So uh, I'm doing better than them. Everyone is hurt.
2: Craig, are you okay? I'm good. Maybe I'll get called up to a team who needs me. (laughs) What what
0: team would you want to play for? I would love to just get out there with Jameis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like you have a better chance of catching if you play for the other team. (laughs) You're probably right. Let's just skip right (laughs) to this. Jameis Winston threw an interception on his first pass of the game. For the third time this season. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Do you know how many... Has that ever happened before? I don't
0: know. but There's no way. This. I assume <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of just... I, I assume that's not a thing.
1: Oh, my God. That was the quintessential Jameis performance of all time, I think. Yeah. Four touchdowns, three picks is, like, perfect. Almost 500 yards passing. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it's classic. He's so good, but so terrible.
0: It's hilarious brutal loss for the Colts but also just a brutal week for fantasy football in general so we're going to get into the mash unit that is the wasteland of what is left of everyone's fantasy teams god speed and god bless you the people in the fantasy playoffs but first let's just get into the week 14 in general dk what just kind of made you go what this week
1: yeah so the biggest thing was drew Brees absolutely freaking went off against the 49ers this week six total touchdowns against one of the best or at least supposed to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine about this on Saturday. He was what like waffling about starting Breeze, you know, because it just on paper it looks like a bad matchup. And it's one of those things, Danny. You've talked about this where do you dance with a guy, dance with whoever brought you there, you know, um, or do you kind of just stream and hope for the best and, and play the percentages, play the matchups, and all that? Ultimately, he decided to go with Breeze. Thank God. I think I kind of helped talk him into that because. I think at one point I was just like, he's a freaking future Hall of Famer. Just go with him. You know, your, your other option, I think his other option was Jacoby Brissett or something like that. And I was just like, just go with Breeze. And he did six touchdowns, 40.1 PPR points for Breeze. That is the third best, third best fantasy day of Breeze's career, which is pretty incredible to think about considering like how many huge, massive games Breeze has had over his career. He's like five, 5,000 yard seasons. He's now he's 40 the all-time years old. He's passing
0: leader by yardage and like three touchdowns from being the all-time leader by touchdowns.
1: Just wanted to briefly touch on that, add some context. Third best fantasy day of Drew Brees' career, Um, according to the pro football reference search that I did. It was just an incredible, incredible performance.
2: Meanwhile, Alvin Kamara is having the worst season of his career on a per-game basis. (laughs) Maybe if they gave the ball to Latavius Murray more, everything would be fine. (laughs) Kamara had six fantasy points (laughs) in a game where Brees had six
1: touchdowns. Hold on, I got a stat for you. I saw this from my, my buddy Ryan McDowell. I believe he said there were 12 players in that game that scored more points than Alvin Kamara. Sorry, no, 14 players in the New, England, uh, the New Orleans-San Francisco game scored more fantasy points than Alvin Kamara.
2: Well, and what's bizarre is Kamara's playing on 72% of the snaps this year. In the last two years, he was only playing at 51%. Yeah,
1: he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. Obviously, he's got a floor with PPR, but, man, he's just been frustrating.
0: The exact antithesis of Alvin Kamara this week, or this, in the whole year, honestly. Austin Eckler? Yeah. Kind of blew my mind. Chargers running back. Austin Eckler had 213 yards on 12 touches. And I, when I saw his stat line, my honest to God, the thought that came through my head was, how the fuck does that happen? Because he had eight carries for 101 yards. And they had four catches for 112 yards and a receiving touchdown. He is the third player in NFL history with hundred or more rushing yards and hundred or more receiving yards in the same game on fewer than 15 touches. We all remember when Ollie Matson for the Chicago Cardinals did it in 1954. Amazing burst he had. All remember that. And then Herschel Walker did it for the Cowboys in 1986. And then Austin Eckler for the Chargers in 2019. Eckler was the RB2
2: before Gordon came back, and now he is the RB5. Jeez.
0: <laughs> Dude's really amazing. But honestly, the thing that really just my favorite part, I think the, my favorite thing that has happened ever, like the best hour I've had since I started looking at football professionally was the hour that we all thought the Chiefs might have to forfeit their game against the Patriots because they sent their equipment to Newark, New Jersey. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine that? The whole episode would have been a fantasy court about oh what do we do God. now.
0: This gave me... <laughs> More joy than anything else I can remember in quite some time. Like they said, <laughs> because here's the thing. Adam Schefter kind of had this rapport where the ESPN where the headline was like really underplayed it and was like, well, you know, there's some equipment that's been misplaced. Thirty five players bags were sent to New Jersey. They were not taken off the plane. They would have, there's not just helmets lying around. They would have forfeited. And then it goes on traffic. They're taking the Massachusetts Turnpike to Foxborough on game day. There's like four states of Patriots fans that how do they not cause like a, Uh. like a, traffic collision how would you not have just like wanted to block traffic like it was a protest and you could have just got them a win they the patriots would be 11 and 2 if their fans were dedicated enough in the connecticut corridor to have blocked traffic it's hard, it's hard to
1: organize that kind of thing on the fly though yeah but you don't
0: need a- organization that's what de- the whole 21st century is about decentralization dk this is about taking initiative
1: <laughs> oh man anyway,
0: yeah that so, was pretty hilarious i couldn't believe that um maybe the patriots have enough help winning who knows
2: Maybe they could have forfeited their luggage and each agreed to play two-hand touch.
0: <laughs> in 20 years, that might just be how football works. <laughs> All right. So that was fun. Honestly, a lot of the week was not fun because so many people got hurt. We kind of took our usual format for how we do these episodes, and we just threw it away in the garbage because the <laughs> whole this whole episode is going to be the next men up. It's yeah. the whole thing. We should probably just make that the title, Craig. What do you think about that? I like it. Wow. You're producing now as well. <laughs> 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 it's got a nice air. It's like a mystique about it. We're just going to go position by mis- position with all the people who got hurt and who you can replace them with Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Apparently he had a, a, a quad injury against the Buffalo bills, probably going to play, but we don't know for sure because it's Thursday night football. The Ravens are playing against the jets. So it's a quick turnaround. You never know with a quick turnaround. His backup is Robert Griffin. The third Patrick Mahomes against the Patriots this week. He had a hand injury. He was in visible pain during the game afterward he said that it was not feeling great and then Andy Reid said it was bruised up pretty good but there was no break so luckily there's no fracture in his hand so unfortunately for James Winston James Winston does have a fracture in his hand he played through it there is a slight crack in his thumb according to Bruce Arians so Winston Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson all hurt all played through it all likely to keep playing through it having said that DK if you do need a quarterback streamer if one of these guys does end up missing who would you add
1: Yeah, so there's three guys kind of at the top of my list this week. Ryan Tannehill is absolutely at the top of it. 48% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Going up against Houston this week, in the last five weeks, he is second only to Lamar Jackson in fantasy points per game. Um, You know, per ESPN stats and info, I saw this today. Since naming Ryan Tannehill starting quarterback in week seven, Titans have the second most offensive touchdowns. They're scoring the second most points per game, 31.4 in the NFL. He has completely transformed their offense. They're running tons of play action. Um, Their run game has even taken off. A.J. Brown, as we saw this week, has just been able to explode in this offense. Tannehill hasn't really shown any signs of slowing down, so I'm pretty confident with him going forward. You know, I think this system is just perfect for him. He's shown kind of the confidence to push it downfield and all that. I like him going forward. And what's impressive is, is he hasn't even thrown the ball more than 27 times in the last four games. Yeah, it's been he's been essentially a, a game manager. I know that kind of has negative connotations, but yeah, they're not asking him to throw it like forty times a game. Yeah, they've been winning big. Yeah, he's just very very efficient with when he does throw it, and they're making these big chunk plays like multiple times a game.
0: All right, well, let's assume everyone in your league doesn't live under a rock, and Ryan Tannehill is already owned. Who else would you add then?
1: Uh, Derek Carr is still out there in forty five percent of leagues. Going up against Jacksonville this week, obviously, you know he's he's an up and down player. He did not. You know, he, he did not look great last week, and especially, you know, that was kind of um, the way that it finished with him throwing the ball out of bounds on a fourth down and goal. Um, kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But going up against Jacksonville this week, Jags have lost in massive blowouts four weeks in a row now. It just seems to me like they're mailing the rest of the season in. So that kind of looks to me like a good matchup for Carr. Uh, he scored 20 fantasy points last week. He's not an ideal player at this point but if you're looking for a streamer I do kind of like him the other guy that has been very very impressive over the last few weeks rookie Drew Locke of the Broncos going up against Kansas City Kansas City's defense has actually looked pretty decent over the last few weeks but um, Locke has been very very impressive I mean like he's just throwing he's he's throwing the ball with aggressiveness he can really you know huck it and he's got a cannon and they've been decently aggressive with him in terms of the play calling pushing the ball downfield um, Rick Scangarello, his scheme has some Scan, some Shanahan flavor, lots of boot action. Um, they've done a really good job of scheming guys open in space, kind of like the 49ers do. The Broncos actually had 178 yards after the catch against Houston. So there's that sort of 49ers offensive flavor in the Broncos offense this year. Drew Locke has been a pretty good fit for that. So going up against Kansas city this week is he's a guy that you could, I think, stream and feel pretty good about
0: drew luck. Yeah. He had a 48 yard pass to Noah Fant That was inches from being a pick six the other way. So game of inches, people. Last is, one for me. Is. I I'm, I'm telling you, man, Robert Griffin, the third against the Jets. This is obviously contingent on if Lamar is out. <laughs> but if Lamar is out, you could do worse than RG three because it's still look the Ravens offense is this well oiled machine. Obviously, it's better with Lamar Jackson. But if RG3 is literally 75% as effective as Lamar. He's better than anyone else is going to be. I think the key, though, is going to be the weather because this is, you know, you never know what weather is going to be like. So, well, actually, luckily, we do know what the weather is going to be like. Hey, Google, what is the weather forecast for Baltimore on Thursday evening? The forecast in Baltimore Thursday evening is 33 and partly cloudy. If Lamar's out, you could do worse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's 0% owned, said. you know? Take a flyer. He's. <laughs> At least have him RG three percent owned. You're a braver You're a braver
1: man than I. I would not. Well, I haven't
0: done it yet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would love to see you. Yeah, let's let's see if you'll do
0: it. Let's see if Lamar's out. All right let's let's get a, let's get to the real meat here, DK. Yeah, there were even more injuries at wide receiver, and these guys are unlikely to play this week. Mike Evans for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a 61 yard touchdown catch, his only catch of the game. But as he crossed the goal line, he pulled up with a hamstring injury. Weirdest touchdown celebration I've ever seen because he was really <laughs> mad because he knew exactly what had happened to him. Yeah. Uh, he left the game. Bruce Arian said afterward, quote, it's not good. I'll be shocked if Mike is back before the last week. Great. Not good for Mike Evans' owners. <laughs> uh, Rashad Perriman and O.J. Howard and are back again. A lot of volume that can shift to O.J. Her- Howard. And I cannot believe Rashad Perriman is relevant again. Um, Odell Beckham did not get hurt on Sunday, but we learned that he had this sports hernia all year. And then afterward, Baker Mayfield that is. his, post-game press conference kind of implied that the Browns had not handled it properly and then Baker (laughs) apologized on Twitter for saying that out loud so whatever the point is that if you've been really hesitant to bench Beckham because you don't want him to go off on your bench you now have a formal excuse and also a reminder that just because someone doesn't have questionable next to the name and now me recommending him last week is completely you're absolved I'm I'm absolved absolved. you can we can (laughs) void that (laughs) <laughs> you get amnesty. There you go. You just didn't have the information. So, yeah. Speaking of LSU receivers, DJ Chark on Jacksonville. He had nine catches for 75 yards. DK, you had your back shoulder catch that you promised.
2: Amazing call, DK. Yeah. First catch, I think, too.
0: Also had a ankle injury, which, DK, you did not promise. Damn it. In the fourth quarter, Doug Marone, Jaguars head coach, described Chark as weak to weak. I mean, considering he is the breakout player on this offense and the star of this show other than Gardner Minshew. And there's three weeks left and the Jaguars have nothing to play for might not come back at all. That would not be surprising. Right. Behind him is D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley, who are been playing. OK, the Jaguars offense has been trash fire, but maybe there's a lot of volume to go around because Chuck's been great. Calvin Ridley on the Atlanta Falcons, five catches for 76 yards. Falcons beat Carolina 40 to 20. But Ridley was carted off with abdominal pain. This was kind of scary. He's out for the season. So that's a bump for julio jones and austin hooper's volume they'll have to see more to pick up that slack uh really leads the team in touchdowns and then there's russell gage great name justin hardin justin hardy excuse me and uh olamide zacchaeus who had the longest touchdown from scrimmage this season that was also his first catch of his season career maybe career probably yeah unbelievable what a way to start only one more catch than all of us not bad (laughs) <laughs> Beautiful. And then Devonte Parker and Albert Wilson for the Dolphins both suffered concussions this week. They combined for three catches and 33 yards. Not great, but the Dolphins are playing the Giants this week. So weirdly more relevant than you would think because it's an amazing matchup. And I mean, the Dolphins got no one left to pass catcher after him. It's really just isaiah ford uh who's a seventh rounder in 2017 but had 92 yards in this game so and then there's also alan Hearns, who technically still exists with five catches for 68 <laughs> yards yeah so wow Devontae parker albert wilson calvin ridley dj shark mike evans and also an excuse to bench Odell Beckham jr so dk with all of that said where on god's green earth do fantasy owners turn to receivers this week from streaming on waivers my
1: top guy, and not to steal from Craig, is A.J. Brown, the Titans, 26% owned, going up against the... Who are they going up against this week? Texans. Okay, the Texans, sorry. Um, He had a monster game on Sunday, five catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns, added a 13-yard rush, 33.6 PPR points. He's just gradually gotten better and better in this offense, and like we talked about last week, you know, you know, they're just... Tannehill has been amazingly efficient in this offense, and we just kind of are riding the Titans' train. So I like Brown the most. And then it's kind of just a mishmash of other guys. I think Russell Gage of the Falcons, 9% owned, is an interesting potential add. Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, 12% owned, going up against Buffalo this week. I think he's pretty, pretty damn interesting, too. I mean, he looked like a star in that game against the Cardinals last week. Obviously, that's the Cardinals, but... He had six catches, 60 yards, a touchdown receiving, uh, added a 16-yard rush. He had an 85-yard punt return touchdown, scored 25.6 PPR points. These, you know, anybody in the Steelers passing game is a little bit boomer bust with Duck Hodges at quarterback, and they just have a low-volume passing game. But both he and uh, James Washington are big plays kind of waiting to happen. So I kind of like Deontay Johnson with Steelers going forward, too.
0: All right, so DK, you're going A.J. Brown, then Russell Gage, then Deontay Johnson, and then the Jaguars crew, Chris Conley. Craig, what do you think? Anyone you'd add? Anyone missing?
2: Yeah, the only guy I would slip into this list here is Zach Pascal, who's still only 35% owned. He's the receiver on the Colts who's been filling in well. T.Y. Hilton has been out with a calf injury. Uh, since T.Y. has been hurt, and then he came back one game, then he left again. It doesn't look like he's going to play for the rest of the year. In the last two weeks, Pascal's had 19 targets, 12 catches, 200 yards, and a touchdown. Um, They're playing the Saints this week, and the Saints have been burned by wide receivers. So They've given up the third most fantasy points. They just obviously had that huge shootout against the Niners where everybody had a good game except Alvin Kamara. But (laughs) um, what do you guys think about the Marshawn Lattimore thing? Uh, Evan Silva, I think, said that—no, it wasn't Evan Silva. Someone on Roto World said that um, Zach Pascal might get shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. Does that scare you guys?
0: I mean, yeah, it should.
2: But, I I mean, if you look at last—I week, mean, Devo Samuel
1: and Emmanuel Sanders had huge games. Yeah, and I think I actually saw this. I'd have to confirm, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they shadowed Debo with Lattimore and then had Emmanuel Sanders. Um, they kind of like considered Emmanuel Sanders the number two. And so Debo still played really well.
0: Yeah, over hundred yards.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know if it necessarily would the Niners
0: offense though means very different things than the Indianapolis Colts offense. The Jacoby Brissett's not Drew Brees. And nothing about any of that team is similar. So. But
2: does Gardner Minshew or Duck Hodges like really
0: make you that much more confident than Jacoby Brissett and the Colts? Yes, because I, I don't mind, because the Raiders have been shredded by terrible teams all year. Like the, the Raiders have been just absolutely worked by bad teams. I guess I just see
2: this as I like Jacoby Brissett and I like the shootout potential of this game more than I like Duck Hodges playing in Pittsburgh in December as well as Gardner Minshew, who has been terrible
0: in the past month.
1: Yeah. And you run into the same problem. Oh, oh I see.
0: Yes. No, I agree that Pascal's higher than them. Sorry.
1: You run into the same problem with Deontay Johnson as you do with Pascal, in the sense that against Buffalo, depending on who Tradavius White gets matched up against, is, you know, kind of a big deal. I don't know who that they would choose is, is kind of the Steelers number one, whether it's James Washington or Deontay Johnson, but, um, yeah, like Tredavious White is a shutdown corner too, and so that's that's a factor here. I just think when you're streaming, and we talked about this before the show, like you, beggars can't necessarily be choosers. Like to me, I think I chase volume the most when it comes to streaming. And I think, um, you know, based on what we saw last week, Deontay Johnson's a good good option, but Pascal has been getting
0: a lot of volume. So I think I might maybe would lean that way too. Cool. All right. Next one up, this, I mean, the tight end apocalypse. Mark Andrews tied in for the Ravens. He has a contusion between his knee and thigh. The Jets play, or they're playing the Jets on Thursday Night Football, so we do not know if Mark Andrews will play. Uh, There's Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle behind Mark Andrews. They both had touchdowns last week. Jared Cook on the Saints. He had two touchdowns in 64 yards in the first quarter, and then he left with a concussion. We don't know if he's going to be able to play this week. Uh, His backup tight end also caught a touchdown on their next possession. And then in addition to those two, Noah Fant on the Broncos had his big day, maybe the biggest of his uh, as a as a professional. Then he had a foot injury. It's not 100% considered serious, but we don't know the extent of it. Ryan Griffin on the Jets who has five touchdowns this year had an ankle injury, and then Vance McDonald Va- Vance McDonald on the Steelers also had a concussion. So, an already thin group is thinned even more. So, DK, what do you do? What does anyone do at the tight end position this week?
1: <laughs> it's tough because all of these guys may be back next week, you know, in terms of what you're doing with your fantasy post. But if you have waivers on Tuesday or whatever, you have to kind of make a decision now. You have to kind of go in and, and try and claim one of these guys. To me, there's a few really good streaming options this week at tight end that make it worth rostering them, even if you're not going to end up playing them in the end. Um, my top guy this week, Tyler Higbee of the Rams, he's owning 21% of Yahoo leagues, going up against Dallas – Um, Higby's been a massive part of this passing game For the past two weeks And I mean don't look now But the the Rams really looked like the Rams of old Last night against the Seahawks And I'm recording Monday um, afternoon So I'm talking about Sunday Night Football Against the Seahawks They just kind of moved the ball at will Against a team that had been playing pretty well on defense And has played them many many times Over the last three years So it's not like It was just like a new thing for the Seahawks The Rams really just moved the ball at will I think Higby's been a big part of that. Um, And it's been, you know, he's been a big, big part of the offense because Gerald Everett has been out. I don't think Everett's going to be returning this week, unlikely anyway. He has not, he didn't play at all in practice last week, so that kind of tells me he's not close to returning. Um, So, to me, Higby is the top, add. He had over 100 yards in the last two games. He had uh, eight, seven catches, 170 yards, a touchdown in week 13, 23.7 PPR
0: points. He had never been over 100 yards in his career until two weeks ago. A fifth of his total career receiving yards in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been sort of the de facto number two in this offense lately. He's
0: been, well, he's been their number six blo- offensive lineman. He's been a blocker <laughs> for almost right. his whole career, and then he's just been the Rams' sixth lineman, and now he's just running routes with Gerald Everett hurt. So, Sean McVay said after the game that Higby's going to stay a part of their offense. He's obviously proven that he can do it. And also they're running more like two kind of two tight end sets to make up for their lack of blocking. And Cooper cup has come off the field as a result of that. Actually, like Robert Woods has really taken over the receiving uh, bone, like the security blanket role that Cooper cup kind of had the first half of the season. It's now Bobby trees now because Robert (laughs) Woods, I think he, he had 400 and, 30 or so yards with 30 something catches in the first half of the season. And the last four weeks, he has the same numbers he had in the first eight weeks. Plus, his first receiving touchdown came against the Seahawks Sunday night, even though he's been such a touchdown magnet for Jared Goff last year. And so I think Woods can start scoring again, maybe at the expense of Cup. And it's not really Higby's numbers aren't actually coming from anyone. I think Woods has really taken a lot of Cups roles. And then Higby has, too. It's Higby's solid. Not to mention
2: Brandon Cooks has completely disappeared in the offense. Right,
1: right.
0: Yeah, that is also, yeah. Higby's the
2: first Rams tight end in the Super Bowl era to have consecutive games with at least 100 receiving yards. Wait, what? Yeah, it's it's insane. And he, he's blocked on 97% of the, Rams, of the Rams runs since becoming a full-time player when Everett ran out. And Gurley has had great games in
1: both of those because of that, it seems like.
0: All right, so other than Higby, DK, who else are you looking at at tight end?
1: Uh, Ian Thomas of the Panthers. He has taken over for the injured Greg Olson. Olson left the game two weeks ago with a uh, concussion. It's unclear what exactly the the Panthers' plan is going forward. If they're going to try and rush Olson back and get him back, or you know, with them kind of firing their head coach and having a sort of a transitional period to end the season, maybe they're just going to kind of see what they have with Ian Thomas and some other guys at the position. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but if Olson is out, if Olson continues to miss time. Ian Thomas is a very, very good streamer. I mean, he had 10 targets in that loss to the Falcons last week, five catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. We talked about it last week. I mean, he he came in late in the season last year when Olsen was missing time, and he got a ton of targets in that offense. He's, he's a very, very athletic player. It's been kind of strange that he hasn't been a part of the offense at all this season, but he's clearly talented, and now he's getting the volume that he needs to be a fantasy producer. In this tight end position, which is... Just a wasteland at this point, Thomas is a startable guy for me, you know whether or not you have a, a solid option at tight end if olson is out i'm I may be putting Thomas in above my starter one percent owned, yeah, so I like him a lot. The other guy is o j Howard, We talked about him earlier with the buccaneers with with Evans out, I think his role is going to grow. He's had eleven point one and eleven point three p p r points in the last two weeks. He's kind of established himself, shown some consistency. He was in the coach's doghouse for most of the season. Um, with these little mistakes and drops and fumbles and things like that, but he's clearly a talented, talented player. Going up against Detroit this week, I like those three. <laughs> I like those three particular um, as streamers for tight end this week.
0: So you would actually go Higby, Ian Thomas, and then Howard. Even though Evans is out, you don't like OJ Howard's role to expand beyond Ian Thomas.
1: Yeah, that's, I like that most. Um, Higby has been just a massive, massive part of their passing game. Like, like I said, he's like their de facto number two at this point. And then Ian Thomas to me is just getting tons of volume, so um, yeah, I like I like him in that order: Higby, Thomas, and then Howard.
0: And if you, God forbid, you can't get any of those three, and you have to pick up the backup to either Jared Cook, Josh Josh Hill in New Orleans, or Nick Boyle or Hayden Hurst in Baltimore. If you have to pick one of those three, who would it be?
1: I guess Hurst, because and again, that's dependent on if Andrews doesn't play. But I like Hurst just because the uh, Ravens funnel so much of their passing game through the tight end position more than any other team in the NFL tight ends get volume in that offense and so when you're streaming you want to chase volume you don't want to chase like some you know the random hope of a touchdown you want to chase targets and so I think Hayden Hurst who was a first round pick by the way um, I think could be a bigger part of that passing game Um, you know game plan and everything if Andrews is out I saw a stat the other yes, today that he he ran twenty something miles an hour, twenty miles an hour, um, in the game last week, and that was the fastest anyone on the team had run all year, which is extremely extremely hard to believe.
0: All right, let's get into some running backs there was some running back news this week. Josh Jacobs missed his first game of his pro career with a shoulder injury against the Jaguars. Uh, and then Darius Geis in Washington. He had another knee injury. He hit MCL sprain. Obviously, Geis missed 2018 with an ACL tear. And then he just returned to week 11 after tearing his meniscus in week one. Rashad Penny, our beloved. Can we, should we do it? Bells? Bells for Rashad <laughs> Penny? <laughs> so sad.
1: I know. No, Shout
0: out binge mode. Bells for Rashad Penny. He has a likely season-ending ACL injury. He is, in fact, out for the season. And then Bo Scarborough, who had just been kind of uh, taken over in Detroit and was kind of lovable. And he has a rib injury late in the fourth or early in the fourth quarter, didn't return. We don't know if he's going to play. And then there's just Derrick Henry, who is probably fine, but he's playing through a hamstring injury that flared up a bit. You never know with hamstrings. So, DK, if you have to replace a running back this week, who are you looking at?
1: I would probably add Adrian Peterson. Um, Hold on, actually. I think so. Mostert is not necessarily Raheem Mostert. Sorry, Raheem Mostert. That's how you pronounce it, I've been told. We've we've kind of messed around with this all year. Raheem Mostert, 49ers. He's 51% owned. Um, if he's still in your league, absolutely go pick him up um, because he is now— He is
0: the, the number one running back for the second most heavy running offense in the NFL. He needs to be owned 100% of leagues.
1: Exactly. So Raheem Mostert, number one on my list of top running back ads slash streamers this he's week. He's the
0: number one ad this week, period.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say after that, a couple guys come to mind. Adrian Peterson, I think, is a good add if you're looking to replace Geis or if you just need an extra flex option. He's rostered in 39% of Yahoo leagues. He's been running pretty well of late, 175 yards and two touchdowns and 33 carries over the last two, over the last two weeks. He gets Philly next week, which is not a great matchup, and then he gets the Giants in Week 16. We know what we need to know about the Giants' defense. Danny, do you want to tell me about the Giants' defense? What Giants do you think? <laughs> um, And we, we've seen the Redskins are absolutely de- dedicated to the run. I mean, Bill Callahan, their interim head coach, is an old school, you know, offensive line coach. They're going to feed Adrian Peterson with Geis out. So he's absolutely going to get the volume. Um, he'd be number two on my list. I'd put number three, DAndre Washington of the Raiders. Going forward, if Josh Jacobs, who has a reported what is it a broken shoulder or something broken sh- uh shoulder blade. blade he might not play going forward we are we're still unclear it's monday night we're not sure exactly what his status is but he's been playing through it over the last few weeks he wasn't able to go this week and if they shut him down um deandre washington becomes the lead back there he dominated carries uh for the raiders last week he's only owned in 6% of yahoo leagues he had 14 carries 53 yards and a score Six catches for 43 yards, 21.6 PPR points. So if he's the starter going forward, that's a huge, huge get for the fantasy playoffs. And then finally, Patrick Laird of the Dolphins going up against the Giants this week. He is, I wouldn't say an explosive runner, but he's a reliable <laughs> pass catcher. So in PPR leagues especially, he has value um, just because he's getting a large amount of the passing game action in that, in that Miami offense. So um, that would be my list. So it'd be Mostert. Uh, Adrian Peterson DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird
0: alright and then to wrap all that up let's say your quarterback situation's set you can add would you rank Moster number one Zach Pascal, receiver for the Colts number two and then maybe Ian Thomas a tight end number three like how would you order that let's just say you need all the positions equally like how would you compare Moster to Ian Thomas and all those guys you love
1: I would say Raheem Moster would be my number one add I think Higby is up there as long as Gerald Everett is out I would add Higby Ian Thomas and then I'd say i go to the streamers we talked about at Receiver, AJ Brown, Zach Paschal, um, and Adrian Peterson, I think are all going to get starters reps. And the volume is what you're chasing in this case. And so, um, yeah, Mostert, Higby,
0: Thomas, AJ Brown, and then... RG3, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, Robert Griffin. All right, let's get to Sleeper Stream of the Week. We're each picking one fantasy flex, so running back receiver, tight end, owned in less than 40% of leagues, the guy with the most points that weekend gets the person who picked him the win. And, dude, this was devastating. This is now a
1: moot category. It's over, baby. Craig's got a runaway going on right now.
0: This was heartbreaking because as soon as Mostera, like started doing great things in that game and outscoring Alvin Kamara by like three times, I was like, wow, I feel so <laughs> smart. I'm doing great. And then A.J. Brown, who we picked for our FanDuel lineup, turned around and screwed me.
1: 33.6 PPR points, two touchdowns, 150 yards. I think A.J. Brown was top three or four total points for, for all players this week. So Well done, Craig. Bravo, Craig. Um, it was a pretty good week for picking the, for the sleeper stream of the week. My guy, Anthony Miller, had a touchdown. I mean, he didn't do as well as your guys' but three catches, 42 yards, of score. So all of our guys' double-digit points, feel good about it.
0: I can't believe Monster had two touchdowns and I lost. I'm not over this. Uh, congr- begrudging congratulations to Craig. <laughs> so this puts the score at five to two to two. Yeah, Craig. Nice so you score literally both the Dany's combined.
1: Craig, Craig's like the regular uh, James Holtzauer of sleeper stream of the week. He's just dominating right now. I think now.
0: this has to be the Craigacy football podcast. No? <laughs> <By little. laughs> yeah. Seriously. All right. Who are you guys picking this week? Get, let's get this over. Uh,
1: I'm going to go with set. the aforementioned Higby of the Rams we don't need to get into it anymore he's just been a massive part of that passing
0: game so yeah I'm going with hey be the Rams I'm rolling with Chris Conley oh I just, I just think that the Jaguars are going to be able to take a couple deep shots or five like I think there will be five 20 plus passing uh five plays of 20 plus passing yards in this game and I think Chris Conley gets two or three of them and one goes for a touchdown all right so going Chris Conley I like it. Although I want to give a shout out to Isaiah Ford, who I'm not picking because we have no idea if Devontae Parker, or Albert Wilson will play this week. But if both Parker and Wilson are out, Isaiah Ford against the Giants is intriguing.
2: There you go. I'm going with uh, Zach Pascal. 35%
0: owned, playing the Saints, getting a lot of targets. I like his chances. You're like the Patriots. like, you know, it's week 17. You have nothing to play for, but you're just going for it anyway. Exactly. It's all flinched. <laughs> All right, fantasy court is fantasy court is fantasy court is not in session this week because of the rash of injuries. There was a request for a stay, and that request was granted. So that motion, we will have fantasy court next week. Maybe we'll double up to make up for it. There, courts are all backlogged these days, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Craig. Thank you to DK. Everyone who is hurt, we hope all of you get better. Everyone in the fantasy playoffs, we wish you the best of luck. We'll see you guys later this week.